Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the Darkest Timeline podcast. We're talking games, movies, TV, something from the week and anything that falls out of my tiny, tiny little mind. While I've got you, before we get started, it's that time where I ask you to very kindly consider subscribing to our podcast and showing us the love and we'll show you the love and then it'll just be one giant loving. Uh, so there. Right, let's crack on. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the Darkest Timeline Podcast. Hello. You alright? How are you doing? You well? Good. Having a good week. Now I have to do all my manoeuvring to get into position. I'm sure I had a drink somewhere as well. Water. Lovely. Mm. So, um... I'm going to talk about a uh, personal gripe, which uh, any long-time listener will uh, be shocked. Um, something that I've been dealing with recently. Um, I take my youngest, um, youngest daughter places <coughs> um, every other week. Uh, I take her to nursery. And uh, on a, uh, she goes to uh, to dance lessons one day a week, um, and it's on on my day, so I take it to dance lessons. Um, but I've been starting to sort of notice. Uh, <laughs> I, I would naturally call it a phenomenon. But it's not. It's something I've started to notice. Um, It started um, at nursery, and it's something that's run over into dancing. Um, My youngest, my youngest. is not necessarily naturally um, confident, but from a early age, very early age, she has been put in situations where she's had to um, socialise, um, had to be left, um, you know, without the the safety and the comfort. Of um, her parents, she goes to nursery. Uh, she does various different activities: swimming, dancing, and so on and so forth. Um, and because of starting those things at such a young age, um, she's, like I say, not naturally confident, but um, has built this level of confidence. Um, for a long time, it's always been this thing where you just 
it was always just take her, drop her off and leave as quickly as possible to not end up in a situation where she might not want to be left or fears being left or, you know, that kind of dragging it out kind of thing, which causes um, causes problems. So uh, that's always been the case for nursery. Um, and with dancing, it was uh, the first week we went, I joined in with her. Week two, I was like, right, you go and get stuck in. And that's that. However, recently I've started noticing, um, and it, it's one of these things that sort of <coughs> crept in as time's gone on. Started noticing that when I take her to nursery and drop her off, she'd start getting really quiet at drop off. Like, oh, you know. And you go, you know, she'll be talking a mile a minute. Get out of the car, mile a minute. Walk through the door, mile a minute. Walk through the door into her room, her nursery. Stony silence. And for a long time it was like, oh, is this the impact of just going into a room where there's loads of kids and loads of people and lots going on? Or what? This has been going on for ages. Um, I think it's been in, increased because I've been put in a situation where I have to deal with more than one thing and see it a lot more. But I'll get to my point and, and then we can unpack it from there. Um, something I've been noticing for quite some time is that more often than not, and when I say more often than not, I mean pretty much every single time um, I drop my youngest off at nursery. There is always, almost always, but let's go with also always, um, another parent and another child um, being, you know, the child's being dropped off, the parent's there. And it's one of those long, drawn out goodbyes takes 10 times longer than it needs to 10 times longer than it should 900 hugs oh it'll be okay oh don't worry oh don't you'll be okay you'll be fine i'll come back for you uh, you know shortly whereas for me you know I've got work to get to. I don't want my child to be worried about whatever. I want my child to go in, get on with her day, and I will go and get on with my day, because that's the best for both of us. Because, yes, I worry about my child being in somebody else's care and not being with me all day, but I also know that it's good for her, and it allows me the opportunity to be able to go to work which you know allows and opportunity probably not the right words what i noticed as time went on more and more occasions of this i noticed that my youngest was watching was watching this happen was watching this going on 
And I could see that to her, there was a level of confusion. Like, why is this child acting this way? Why is this parent acting this way? My parent doesn't do this. My parent brings me, drops me off and and goes. What is this situation? Now, from a purely selfish perspective, as I say, this happens more often than not to the point like, you know, nine times out of ten, this is the situation. It's also the fact that for me, being who I am and the way I operate and the way I go about things, these people are always blocking the way into the room. They're in the doorway. They are a fully grown human adult and a child. If you put those two into, say, a crouched situation, they take up a lot of space. And as with, you know, a lot of rooms, the doorway area is never going to be the biggest part of the room. I'm trying to shuffle my way in past you, who's taking far too long to drop your child off. Now, recently, I've had issues and complaints and and problems because I feel that the nursery should intervene in this. I don't feel it's right that this is allowed to carry on. I feel that there should be an element of, look, give me the child. You need to go. Let's all get on with our days. It's better for everybody. You do that. I'll do this. It's my job to look after the child and make sure this child is fine. It's your job to leave them. And they don't. And that is its its own separate issue. So, like I say, you know, you know, week in, week out, got to go to nursery, got to drop the child off, got to deal with this every morning. And it's just okay, so for my for my per you know, for me personally, my rather confident child that's had that confidence bred into her through whatever situation, what we're now seeing and dealing with is Oh, all of a sudden, not that confident. All of a sudden, not that outgoing. Not that, oh, I'll, you know, I'll catch you later, Dad. I'm off to, you know, play and, and have a whale of a time. No. But now it's, uh, uh, yeah, okay, I'll, yeah, I'm all right. I'm going to do that. Yeah, okay. I'll see you later. infuriating so off we toddle to dancing and here it is again you've got let's say on average there are 10 children of those 10 children there is um You know, in in any situation, you put 10 children of a similar age in a room together, you're going to get children of all walks of life. You're also going to get parents of all walks of life. And again, you've got the parents that sit on the chairs at the side, you know, checking the phones and almost not 
even being aware that there's a dance lesson going on. You've got the parents that are sitting on the on their chairs engrossed in the dance lesson that's going on. You've got the parents that are joining in. You've got the parents that take their children to a dance lesson and carry them for the entire dance lesson. You've got the parents whose child, for whatever reason, needs a little bit more. And again, we're faced with a situation where my daughter, my child, who halfway through the first, I was about to say episode, halfway through the first dance lessons, like, look, why don't you go and sit down? I've got this. I'll just, I'll just do it. And I'm like, look at her go. Ah, she's a hero. What a, what a guy. A week later, she's like, I don't even need you at the start. Why don't you just go and sit on your chair and let me get on with my dance lesson? I'm like, yes. Week three. Oh, maybe I, maybe I don't want to join in. Oh, okay. Why, why don't you want to do that? Oh, just, just don't. All right. Week four. Ah, oh, um, so the first 15 minutes, apparently we're playing musical statues because the child just stands there and doesn't do anything. And then for the, you know, second half of the lesson, okay, away we go. We're, we're joining in. Each week, this situation gets progressively worse up to last week where I realized that my daughter spending her time coming to me and saying to me, uh, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I need you. I need to go to the toilet or I need to do this. I need to do that. It's like, you don't. What is the problem? To the point where weeks after those first couple of lessons, Last week, I apparently have to go and join in because the child can't, can't do it. So I now have to be one of the parents who has caused the this issue. And again, a situation where the dance... The, 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 the dance people don't do anything about it. They don't say to the parent carrying the child for the entire 30-minute dance lesson, they don't say, your child can walk, is capable of doing that. Why don't you pop your child down on the floor, on their feet, and allow them to do the dancing that you're bringing them to, that you're paying for. Your child is obviously requiring a little bit more assistance. So why don't you leave your child with me as a, as a, as a teacher of dance and you go and sit down? In fact, why don't all the parents go and sit down and why don't all the children do the dancing? But no. And what I'm finding with these situations that keep arising 
that these situations are eating away at my child's confidence. Child was confident. I couldn't do anything. I can conquer any mountain. I'm off. I'm off to do my thing. But because of all these observations that she makes of all these other situations that shouldn't be allowed to be happening, to be the case, what she is now developing is, oh, I can't do that. I can't talk a mile a minute as I walk into nursery and go and get up get on with my day I can't go and do the dance lesson that I was able to do in the first and second week because these other children they apparently can't without the assistance of their parent and I'm not saying somebody else's responsibility but what I'm saying is these situations these institutes are making my life and job harder as a parent would this have been the case year, you know years ago years gone by i remember i remember my sister going to dance and she hated every single minute of it because although her dance teacher was supposed to be the best in in our city she was also notoriously evil. She was so strict, beyond strict. It was, it was bordering on st- sadistic. But I don't remember any parents being there. Admittedly, a different age. It's. At the end of the day, I'm going to complain about something that causes a problem for my my child or my children. And I don't know what to do about it. I know now, I know now for a fact, come dance lesson, I'm going to be, be having to join in from the start. And this isn't me going, I don't want to have to do the dance lesson. I'll happily do the dance lesson. I don't care. Get me a tutu. Do they make them in my size? I don't care about that. That's not the problem. The problem is that a percentage of her confidence has been taken away by other people. And that's not fair. And that's not on. And that should be monitored by the institute in which she is going to. And I'm like... You know, you you can do it. It's okay. You can do it. You can go and do it. You you've done it. You're able to do it. Oh no, I can't. Why? Because that child can't. That's not a reason. <sighs> anyway, enough of my uh, gripes. So, do we remember the last few weeks where I was uh, where I was sick? It was a sickness that it just, I don't know if I've really had a sickness that has affected my mood and temperament quite like this. 
But there was a lot of there was a lot of anger and and things like that involved. But it wasn't just it wasn't just me. It was everybody in the house. My uh, my youngest was having this awful time behaviour wise. Um, me and Leanne were just at each other's throats. It was a pretty pretty awful time. I couldn't. I couldn't get enough sleep. Like you know, if I if I had six hours, seven hours, eight hours, eight hours, he says, um, none of it was enough. I couldn't get out of bed. I was just so lethargic. If if I'd have, you know sat still, stood still for long enough, I'd have fallen asleep. <coughs> All of this, it got to the point where I was like, I'm starting to wonder if we are being poisoned and I started to wonder you hear stories about people like living through not living through but you know living through carbon monoxide poisoning and how for X amount of time they'd been slowly poisoned um, and it got that bad that eventually um, at one point Leanne had said to me I've had to go and check the carbon monoxide alarm to see if it was working properly because that's the level it had got to and as it was the, the it was working correctly and you know in theory we weren't being you know poisoned in theory but that's what it felt like being ill being ratty being tired being all that and it went on for weeks you you know if you go back and listen to the last two or three podcasts um go back and listen to any of the podcasts recorded in the last two or three weeks i was full of cold i was just it was just grotty and horrible the weird thing was it kept, it was coming in in waves so i'd be like absolutely dying getting out of bed coughing up a lung and all this and then a couple of hours later, it was like everything was fine. A couple of hours later, it was like I was dying again. It was so weird. Um, and then, last Wednesday, I remember it well. Last Wednesday, um, I went, I woke my, my youngest up. And... She woke up in a good mood. Almost unheard of these days. She woke up in a good mood. And I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's nice. Unusual. And it kind of went from there. And it was like, you know, we went and did did our stuff together. And um, no matter what sort of mood I was in, her good mood, which was unusual started to like chip away, eat away at my, I would say my bad mood, but I don't mean like, oh, I woke up in a bad mood, like like this ongoing bad mood. And the more chipper and upbeat she was, the more I felt less like I was in a bad mood. I felt less lethargic on this one. So this went on Wednesday. Thursday, come to Friday, um, 
got to the point where like everybody was was together at one point like all the girls me um leanne the dog and we were just howling with laughter playing play fighting playing like one part i had one of them sat on my knee and I was using their leg as a guitar. And then the other one wanted to go. So I was doing the other one. All sorts of just howling with laughter. And you know what they say? Laughter is the best medicine. Um, and touch wood, since then, it's like all that sickness, all that you know, being lethargic, being in a bad mood, being in a, all of these things. It's like they've evaporated. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you that everything's great and wonderful and all that, because at this point in time I'm dealing with other things. Um, but it's amazing what a difference these small changes have made. And I, I am honestly blown away by... The, the change, what a, what a difference, you know what they say, what a difference a day can make. I, I fully agree. What a difference. Um, last week, uh, I've been looking into getting some, um, some training for the dog. Um, the dog has got, um, I don't want to say some issues, but um, some training needs. Some of them are needs that he's had since day one. Uh, and others are needs that he's developed the older he's got. So he's got these two or three things that um, he needs some training for. So uh, there was a point in time where I had the, um, the dog trainer come. And that wasn't... An amazing experience um, all round. Um, so, sort of left it, but it is a, a, a situation at the moment where it's like, right, need to get this sorted because it's becoming a problem and I just don't want to deal with it anymore. So, it's like, oh, we can take him to classes. I know a lot of people recommend going to puppy classes, dog classes, whatever. So, it's like, right. Uh, it's just like, oh, he needs an assessment. So, right, I got to take him uh, one evening. I got to take him for this assessment. Um, and I met these two ladies, these dog trainers, um, at a community centre where there was a dog class going on at the time. Uh, and I took him in and they were sort of like, what do, you, what do you want from training? So I listed all the things I wanted from the training. And they were like, okay, cool. Um, and what, you know, what issues, if any, I was like, well, he's got this issue, he's got that issue. And they were like, okay. Uh, and sort of showing me that some of the things that I sort of suggested or thought were issues weren't necessarily issues as much. Um, so that was interesting. Um, then they sort of took him outside, um, gave him a walk around the car park just to see. Um... And then they're like, right, okay, you need some, you need some one-on-one -on -one sessions. And all I heard were the pounds 
ching 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 because he was supposed to go to a to a class to a course um, eight weeks fixed fixed rate fixed amount you pay your money you do your eight weeks if he passes at the end he gets a certificate sounds perfect but no no we can't do that no no he needs he needs some one-on-one training and all I could think was well that doesn't sound cheap and all I could think was I honestly do believe that anything dog related dog trainers dog courses YouTube videos yeah anything that I've come across so far and I've said this previously and I'm gonna say it again I honestly think that it's just one giant scam second biggest industry in America last year dog you know dog ownership was worth seven billion dollars in America last year second biggest industry and I can see why. And I think it's all just one giant scam. But you need it. You want to get a dog? You better get your wallet ready. Because <clears throat> everybody wants a slice of it. Everyone wants their money from you. Whether it's somebody that makes a lead, somebody that makes a dog treat, somebody that makes dog food, somebody that makes dog biscuits. The vet, the insurance, the dog trainer, the YouTube channel that doesn't tell actually tell you any information, just wants you to pay them. It's non-stop. And I honestly believe that it is all designed to make you more confused. So that... You give them them. You give them the money. As it is at this point in time, don't actually know what this one-on-one training is going to cost because they haven't told me. Told me I'd hear something probably over a week. So that's another week of having to deal with said training issues. Um. Last, last sort of last thing from the week. Um, I, I mean, this weird um, funk. Um, having some uh, phone issues with the sense that I can't seem to put the freaking thing down. I've got this stupid game. The it's not even a game. It's just, it's just a time wasting device. But I can't put it down. And then there's like the social media issue and just everything. Um, reading stuff on the Kindle app. Just literally everything. Can't put the freaking thing down. Got one of those screen time reports today and it was like, hey, you're spending too much time on your friggin' phone, numbnuts. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I, I can't. I can't seem to break away from it. Which then on the flip side, I've been um, watching a lot of films recently. 
uh, trying to play computer games, and I just can't seem to. I just can't seem to settle on one thing. It's like oh, I'm going to watch this film, but I'm also going to watch this film, same series, different point in time, to make it really confusing. It's like ah, oh, I need to play a game, so I'm going to play this game. Ah, oh, but um. It's not really cutting it for me, it's not really doing it, so I'm going to play a different game, and I put a different game on, and then that one's not cutting it either, so then I put a different game on, and that's still not quite cutting it, and I'm just like, what is going on? This funk is... One minute I want to sit and stare at the at the TV screen and not have to think about anything, and the next minute I'm like, oh, I'll put a game on. And it's just everything's out of whack. So I need to do something about all of those things. I need to do something soon. Um, and speaking of, let's talk about some you know entertainment stuff. Um, I've watched two episodes since we last spoke of Dope Sick. It's one of those things. I should have probably. I should probably do the movies before doing about this. Um, you'll see why in a minute. But anyway, this is the this is the order it, everything's written down in. Um, so I watched episode two and episode three of Dope Sick. Um, one of those things. I really like it and I really enjoy it, but I also don't like it. Um, obviously, the subject matter, like this prescription drug thing, this um, this oxycontin sort of subject it's hard to watch because of how awful it is how corrupt it is how how a a country a people would allow such an awful thing to just to just ravage their country why why anybody would allow something like that to happen it's an awful thing it's a subject matter that i despise so it's very hard to watch. Um, one of the things, and it's something that I've, I struggle with anyway, I've always struggled with, um, as a show it jumps around in time. It's spread over like a series of years in the 90s. And it jumps about all over the place. And after it's jumped about enough times, then you just end up in a point where you're like, I don't know what year we're in, and I don't know what the relevance is. I feel like there is a section of time where it's supposed to be, obviously not the present, but it's the later time. And then there's a point in time where it's set earlier. But when you're dealing with the same characters at those two different times, it's quite difficult to just keep track of when everything's happening. It's a good series. It's great. It's an incredible watch. Um, but it is hard to watch. Um, me and Leon watched El Camino because she'd finished watching Breaking Bad, so it's the next natural step. Um, for me, I've already seen it. Um, my my description before we started watching it was it's fine. Um, by the time we got to the end, she was like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's probably." quite pointless and quite unnecessary and I was like yeah it is it's not needed but it's fine um because we watched the first episode of 
dope sick. I was like, look, I feel like we need to watch something else in between these things. Um, so I convinced Lan to watch the documentaries Bigger, Stronger, Faster and it, and the uh, sequel, Prescription Thugs. Um, it was very much a situation where I was like, you need to watch Bigger, Stronger, Faster so you can watch Prescription Thugs so you can then go back and continue watching Dope Sick because it all relates. Uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster is a documentary about uh, anabolic steroids and whether they're good or not. Prescription Thugs is a documentary about um, prescription drugs and how they are the real bad guy. <coughs> I've talked about these films, these documentaries before at length. Uh, I think they're very good, very enjoyable, but also very difficult. Um, again, with the subject matter, as as Leanne found when it got to certain points, especially in uh, Prescription Thugs, especially through the beginning, middle, and back end. Uh, there's some really difficult sort of points in time in that film. Um, one of those things, if you've not seen them, I personally think Prescription Thugs should be, it, it, you know, it should be a mandatory viewing because um, it's, it's very important. Um, one of the things with Prescription Thugs, Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and Dope Sick is that these, uh, they're all set in America and that it's very much an American problem, but that doesn't mean that it's not something that we might end up dealing with in the future and sooner rather than later, which is, uh, which is a concern. A little bit wheezy. Um... So yeah, film-wise, that's kind of um, kind of been that. I've been working through the Marvel stuff, but yeah, do we really need to talk Marvel films at this point? And talk computer games. Um, I finished Ghost of Tsushima, or so I thought. I finished it because I'd done all of the story, I'd done all of the the DLC, and uh, to to my to what I believed was I'd done everything. However, there is an achievement for finding all of the, uh, like the haikus, the uh, bamboo chops, the um, the swords, the fox dens, all of that. There's an achievement for that. And I haven't got that achievement. So that means I haven't found everything. But as far as I can see on the map, I have. And it annoyed me because I wanted to basically do it and have finished it and kind of be done with it, have, knowing that I'd found everything. And the game's like, but you haven't. And I'm like, but I have. Super annoying. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit... Like when I set my mind to like completing something like in that way, I kind of want to do it, and I did it on the PS4. So now I'm like, I've done it before, so why why can't I do it this time? However, and this is going to sound worse than I mean it. I was very much ready to move away from this game, so I <coughs> against my uh, against you know, one part of me, I have moved away from that game. Uh, I had decided that I was going to play Guardians of the Galaxy. 
However, putting it on, I was like, uh, it might be too soon. I thought I'd left it long enough. I thought I'd left a long enough gap between like when I originally played it and now. However, that would appear to not be the case. Uh, I felt it was just too soon to play it again. Um, I switched over to playing Horizon Zero Dawn in lieu of being able to play the new one. Um, was really enjoying it, although having played it many times before, however, only actually finishing it once, um, I was really struggling with all the talking. So I was just skipping every single word that was coming out of every single character's mouth. I just skipped. But even that, even skipping through all of the, the stuff, I was like, this is taking too long and it's taking too much time. I wish that there was a setting, especially when I'm playing it in New Game Plus, I wish there was a setting where you could just turn off like the dialogue and just play the game. Obviously, that's not going to be the case for uh, a, a game. You know, those games are supposed to be story-driven. But I just want the meat. I don't want the the rest. Um, so, again, I was like, this is not the game for me right now. I was enjoying the gameplay, but I just couldn't be doing with all the talking. So, um, I, was, I was despairing at this point. I was like, what? the hell am I going to play and then I broke out Old Faithful Ghost Recon Wildlands there are aspects about this game that I don't want to do but there are aspects about this game that I do want to play and I want to enjoy so at this point in time I've been playing it for a I say I've been playing it for a couple of days I played like 10 minutes night before last and I played maybe an hour last night <coughs> I don't want to spend all my time going around and collecting all the things all the upgrades and stuff because I've done it so many times and it's so time consuming I just want to do the missions so I've kind of resigned myself to just doing that at the moment and if I stumble across an upgrade or if I stumble across you know a weapon or, or an upgrade point or something then yes I will pick it up um, not you know, not entirely sure why I can't settle on a game. Um, part of me is leaning in the direction of maybe looking at trying to pick up one of the new games, uh, but trying to get it as cheap as possible. Uh, I noticed that uh, a couple of the newer games uh, have come down in price a little, uh, which makes it a little easier to swallow. And again, if I can get those prices down further with things like trade-ins or whatever then that's going to make it even easier to swallow so uh we shall see uh, i do keep saying that the game portion of the podcast might take a little bit of a back seat um it does feel like that's coming a lot faster because hey let's face it i don't think anybody wants me to be talking about ghost recon again so uh yeah that's kind of where we at um that's it that's it for the podcast that's it for this week um if you got this far thanks for listening along i appreciate uh appreciate anybody that listens uh, certainly listens to the end um and i'll catch you guys next week time whenever you listen to the next one 
So yeah. So there we go. What do you think of that? Another one done. Another week gone. Another another podcast. Thanks for listening along. Thanks for, for joining me. Thanks for listening to any of the podcasts. If you listen or if you watch, whatever you do, please do consider subscribing. It means a lot to us. And we'll, uh, we'll return the favour with lots more content. You can also check out our website. It's thecookiecast.com. While uh, over there, you can find social media links, email, button. It's all there. You can get in touch with us. Let us know how you're getting on. There we go. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.